Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Hello, hello, goal achievers. What's going on? This is Hal Elrod. And we have another author interview today. This is kind of a cool one. It's, (laughs) you saw, I'm sure you saw the title before you came into the interview, which is, you know, you're meeting the meanest woman alive. And uh, you're about to find out why she's the meanest woman alive and and why I don't, I've met her. I've I've spent time with her. We've, we've shared a meal. We've broken bread. I don't think she's the meanest woman alive, but we'll, we'll talk (laughs) about that here in a second. Uh, For those of you that do not know Linda, Linda Smith is one of the few women who has reached the summit of the legal profession, litigating on behalf of clients like Exxon and IBM and some of the biggest cases ever tried. And she's often tangled with outsized male egos from Michael Dell to Mick Jagger without ever breaking stride. And her experience over the past 40 years landed her with the prodigious title of the meanest woman alive. Now, today, Linda is on a mission to empower ambitious women in all fields to use their talent, their smart, and their femininity, their kick assets, as she calls them, to reach their own pinnacle of success. And to that end, she blogs and posts to her 400,000 Facebook followers on meanestwomanalive.com. Now, whether it's defeating gender stereotypes, conquering self-sabotaging behaviors, handling alpha males dealing with sexual harassment or seizing and holding on to leadership positions, Linda has done it all and come out on top by using her unique feminine advantage as a woman to dominate in business. And Linda believes that women should jettison the societal norms dictated by men and use an entirely different playbook, one written by a woman for women. And she has written that playbook. Let her show you how to play by women's rules to succeed in business. Linda, I am so fired up to talk to you today. <laughs> Hi, Al. It's great to talk to you, too. It's just, uh, I flew in on my broomstick, and uh, I'm ready to go. Nice, nice. Well, so that let's and let's start there. How did you earn the title, The Meanest Woman Alive? Okay, here's the thing. I am one of the top women litigators in the United States, and Corporate Board Member Magazine did a profile on me and called me the meanest woman alive. That was the name of the profile. And it went to all Fortune 500 board of directors. And they loved it. My clients loved it. My firm wasn't so thrilled, but my (laughs) clients. And when I'm representing clients on gigantic cases with billions of dollars and their company at stake, they love to say they're represented by the meanest woman alive and my law firm. So I view myself as a gladiator for my client. I protect them and defend them. And I am professional and fun to deal with. It's only when they're attacked or someone lies or misrepresents the facts or the law that I become me. Mm. If anyone is with my clients and doesn't have integrity, I will go after them hammer and tong. That said, I have friends, family, and I'm actually pretty much of a pushover. (laughs) Just, Just don't cross me. I am lovely and cordial and fun. Just don't mess with me. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, you, you remind me of my my wife and my mom, right? You know, <laughs> sweet as can be, 
but you cross them or you know you you hurt one of their kids you know the mama bear comes out and you don't want to mess with them so i think it's good to have that kind of you know kind of both sides of the uh, of the coin you bet and as a, as a litigator of course i mean it really is a great nickname well one thing that i love and that you know we don't have a lot of guests on that focus specifically on women. You know, I, I think that in the entire history of the podcast, we've had, you know, less than a handful where that was their focus on working with or helping or empowering women. And so I, I want to ask you this, you know, women go into careers in equal numbers with men. And I want to ask you, why do you think it is that a lot of talented women will either, you know, the quit, get fired or get stuck in a middle management instead of making it to the top? Oh, that's a complicated question, but I can answer it with at least a superficial answer. I have to tell you, I've been practicing law for 40 years. And the reason I wrote this book and the reason I'm speaking is because I really am on a mission to empower ambitious women in all fields to use their talents, their smarts, and their femininity, which is really hard to say I agree. And by the way, (laughs) to reach their own pinnacles of success. And the thing is, I believe that women have a remarkable advantage when it comes to the modern workplace because research findings have found that emotional intelligence is the universally recognized marker for leadership success. And women score higher than men on all but one of the 12 emotional intelligence competencies. Mm. And of course, they're not just in the soft skills like, you know, dealing with people's feelings. We also totally outscore men on taking initiative and driving for results, two of the criteria that have long been perceived as male strengths. And there's other there's one other really strange thing. I know I got off of, a little bit off the topic, but I'm coming back. No, keep going. Um, empirical studies, I keep, I don't know, research, science, empirical studies, whatever you want to call it, have now confirmed, and it's been headlined in Fortune, Forbes, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, that companies with more women and their executive ranks and on their boards of directors significantly outperform companies with fewer or no women in those positions. Companies will actually make more money and be more profitable with women in senior leadership. And they don't really know why. I mean, it's just period. That's the finding across the board. And the, you know, they looked at 300,000 companies and the, all these huge analyses. Okay, and then so my view is, why is it that talented, fantastic women are not making it to the top? And what I'm seeing is, as you said, women enter professions in the same number as men, but they don't make it up the ladder of success like men do. And it's, I think there's two things that need to be changed. So uh, you're sort of getting into the meat of everything, (laughs) everything that I'm trying to talk about. But First of all, I think women need to understand that they have this unique female advantage. And here's the problem. Men rule the world. Men rule the business world. I'd like anybody to dispute this. Mm -hmm. And men make the rules. And we continue to play by those rules. And so men have made the playbook. And as long as we women continue to play by a male playbook, we're going to lose. The game is loaded against us. So that's the idea that we need to play by our own rules. And I, you know, one would think two things. One would think that all this, all these empirical studies showing that women have leadership skills would give women the self-confidence 
to lead, to go out and do it, to be empowered, but they don't. And the other thing is, is one would think that men looking at this and seeing that they're going to be more profitable and make more money if they women in their executive suite or in their board of directors are going to make more money. And in fact, if they have three women in their board of directors, they're going to make, be even more profitable. We're just from, not from any kind of, oh, I, I'm so into diversity or I'm really, you know, trying to be fair to everyone, but just from a purely money-making point of view, you'd think that they would hire more women and promote them to the top, but it's not happening. And um, that is driving me crazy. So first is to try to give the woman, the women, the self-confidence they need because they have a clear advantage. They just don't know it. The two things that are holding women back, I call them the ferocious dragons guarding the doors, barring women from equality. Makes a great image, right? Yeah, I pictured the two dragons. Two swords and two dead dragons. Okay, so the first is the external dragon, which protects hundreds of years of male domination in the business world. But even if women defeated that dragon, that wouldn't be enough because lurking inside us is the internal dragon, which comes from women's internalization, starting from little children, little girls, of gender stereotyping. So that dragon plants the seeds of self-sabotage and breeds self-doubt and fear. So in order to defeat these dragons, we need dragon slayers. So So my dragon slayers, are, they sound pretty prosaic, but they're they're very mighty and they're very hard. And I won't go into them. I'm just going to say what they are. Okay. Um, and I I have great stories about each one of them. So if we want to digress from me just being pedantic and talking about these things, I'm happy to tell you some stories because they're they're fun and they're much more interesting to listen to. But okay. <laughs> uh, the first is self confidence. It turns out that. You can find a guy who is holding forth and you know he has no idea what he's talking about, but everybody looks up to him as the leader and follows him and listens to him. And the secret ingredient is confidence. And women, from being little girls, are taught to be little Miss Perfect. And we think that if we do a great job, if we have a high level of competence or excellence in our job, we'll get ahead. And that's totally wrong. Mm. Self-confidence beats competence every time. So, But the good news is, is confidence is a skill and can be learned. And so what you have to do is act confident, confidently. And if it's okay, can I give you a quick, really quick example? Yeah, please. Okay, I, I just feel like I do my usual dominating of any conversation. Um, <laughs> oh no, we share that in common. So no, when I'm interviewed, the get or the host gets to ask like one question, and then I talk for 45 minutes, and they're like, "Okay, I had 16 more questions, but there you go." No, so I, I uh, I'm with you. <laughs> well, I've done a bunch of podcasts, and every podcast I've done, I was told had they they've done very very well in terms of you know YouTube. Uh, views and 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 likability, but every single one of them has been the longest podcast any of the podcasters have ever done. <laughs> nice. I'm not trying to do that, but I just I just talk a lot. Yeah. So here's the thing about confidence. And by the way, all the time I'm talking about women, you know, men have issues too. And by the way, I don't hate women. I I don't hate men. I love men. I think they're great. I just don't want a male-dominated society where men are the bosses and women are subservient. Sure, I you want, want more equality, right? 
Yeah. And fairness is probably even a better word, I think, somehow. I don't know. But quality or fairness works for me. So some of this advice goes for guys, too. Because guys face the phenomenon of the alpha male, which I'll be talking about a little bit later. And the self-confidence issue really, it it hits home for women because we are trained, as I said, from from a young age to be excellent and not not necessarily to be boastful or talk about our accomplishments or command the room. So we have a special thing to overcome. But men also can benefit from everything I'm saying. It's not like this is the secret sauce is only for women. So here's the example. Let's say you're you're terrified of public speaking. So you're freaked out. You forget your talking points or sound superficial. And so here's what you do. You give a speech. You force yourself to give a speech to just a few people. And you do okay. You don't get a standing ovation. They don't carry you around the room on their shoulders and say, oh, my God, you're amazing. But none of your worst fears materialize. The world doesn't open up and swallow you. No one pelts you with rotten tomatoes. Nobody laughs at you. So you did it. And that small step towards mastering your fear of speaking is enough to give you the confidence to speak again. And maybe next time you'll feel comfortable taking on a longer speech. So confidence is all about taking action, risking, and doing. And these things generate a belief that you can successfully perform a skill and that that directly generates confidence. Now, it's very, of course, it's very hard to make yourself act. I mean, they say the same thing about depression. If you're depressed, you should just take action. Action will, you know, but it's very hard. But, and I understand that, but knowing that your confidence level is a choice and that you are not stuck with whatever level of confidence you have now is very cool. I mean, it's empowering for anybody. No, okay. you're, you're, and it's something, I mean, it's sound, it's in one way, it's simple, but I, you know, I tell my kids all the time, right? The way you overcome the thing you're afraid of is you do the thing you're, you overcome your fear is do the thing you're afraid of, you know, in right, the same exactly. way that wherever you lack confidence, right? Do the yeah. thing that you lack confidence in and you gain a little bit more confidence and then you do it again and you get more and more and more confidence. So yeah, if anybody's listening, you know, I think that for right. men and women, like you said, it's, it, this applies to men for sure. Uh, we all have yeah. issues with self-confidence. Exactly. And the thing is, Take small actions to begin with. Like, if you're afraid of public speaking, you know, don't book a, a keynote where sure, you're speaking sure. to 150 people. I mean, or, you know, and also mastery. Like, let's say, let's say you're trying, uh, this is a silly example, but let's say you're trying to play the violin. So you learn how to play to an acceptable level. You're not going to be the head of the New York Philharmonic, the head violinist. But that's not your goal. Your goal is to just as you do it, you master it, and that gives you confidence. So that's the idea behind that. The second dragon slayer is one that really sounds boring, and I'll tell you why. It's called true grit. And that is that, you know, have you ever wondered why some individuals accomplish way more than others with equal important intelligence? Sure, absolutely. And research has found that the one personal quality shared by the most prominent leaders in every field is grit. And grit is a weird word, but what it actually means is mental toughness, courage, hard work, and sometimes sheer stubbornness to keep going until you reach a goal. So my view is having true grit is not fun because it's sort of persevering despite failure, adversity, and plateaus, and 
and it's a marathon and you have to have stamina and all that stuff. And I know that, it, you know, people would listen to this just sigh and say, damn, you know, that doesn't yeah. sound good to me. So let me tell you a story if, if we have time. Yeah, I'm really, uh, let me tell you a story about how I learned that I needed more grit. Okay. Okay. So I'm 16 years old and I'm an exchange student in Arequipa, Peru, uh-huh. and I, for the American Field Service. And I live with a Peruvian family, and I go to school. And I'm 4,000 miles from my home, and I'm dating myself completely. But when I was 16, they didn't have computers and cell phones. So I was really on my own. You know, it's not, <laughs> not like today. So first day at my new school, the Catholic school for girls, and um, the mother superior calls an assembly to introduce me and brings in all the K through 12 or whatever, however they designate it there. And the room is packed with teachers and girls. Yep. And the mother superior has me stand up and says to me in Spanish, you know, things like, where are you from? Do you have brothers and sisters? What grade are you in? You know, that kind of stuff. It was all going fine. Then the mother superior asked me what my religion was. So I said, soy una judia, which means I am a Jew. She smiled at me, turned to the blackboard behind her, picked up a piece of chalk, and drew an enormous swastika. Wow. Okay. And turned back to me and said, I think Hitler was the greatest man who ever lived. Wow. Well, <laughs> wow. I was so blown away. And you were, six, you were 16? I was 16, yeah. Wow. So I kept translating her Spanish into English to make sure I'd understood what I had. So she's smiling and she says to me, do you agree with me? And I say, no. And she says, why? And I say, because he killed 6 million Jews. And had I, you know, 2020 hindsight's a beautiful thing. I would have said, and 2 million Catholic ladies. Uh Uh And so the mother superior listens to my answer, turns back to the blackboard, picks up the chalk again, and makes the swastika bolder, and then says, well, I think Hitler was the greatest man who ever lived. Now, did you ask yeah. her why? I would have asked her, okay, I don't think he is, no, you asked me why. I didn't really think, you know, there was not a sound in the assembly, yeah. and I thought, this woman who's supposed to be molding the minds of all the girls from the school yeah. is proudly showing me her rank anti-Semitism. Wow. And here's the grit part. I didn't have any options to combat what had happened. I didn't have any means to effectively retaliate. The mother superior had all the power. And so I knew I had to attend that school all year. And I summoned up my strength and went to school every day. And I kept my head held high. But here's what I learned. It is demoralizing and degrading to be powerless. Yeah. And I knew I w- never wanted to be in that position again. And that experience helped sow the seeds of grit in my mind. I decided I was never going to be without resources. I decided to become a formidable force to champion what I believed in. And so the mother superior may have made my life difficult that year, but she did teach me to cultivate mental toughness and bravery, which have stood me in good stead throughout my career. So that's grit. So you've got confidence, you've got confidence and grit. And the the third one 
is specifically for women. And I'll explain why right now. And I have a whole, I can do a whole talk about sexual harassment, but I think that would be another episode. Sure. So I just want to tell you that the third dragon slayer is women using our ability as women to apply our femininity in key situations to give us advantage over men. And I don't mean by being sexy or flirtatious or flattering. And I sure as heck don't mean acting weak or buttering men up with false flattery. What I mean is that you get women can deploy their charm, smarts, and womanliness to capitalize on men's biases, insecurities, and preconceived notions of male domination and come out ahead. So let's talk about this. Okay. Business, business culture glorifies the male ego. A big ego can translate into that kind of confidence that makes people reflexively defer to the alpha male. And the battle to be the alpha male, why men waste time on pissing contests. The alpha male has to guard his position as the undisputed alpha and be very careful not to have anybody challenge him. And I'm going to have to change the wording on this, but I mean, how I say it, but to put it as bluntly as possible, with men, it often comes down to testosterone levels and who has the bigger, what word should I use? (laughs) Who has the bigger thing? Ego, the bigger (laughs) ego. (laughs) Okay, yes. And women don't have that. Yeah. So while the males struggle for power, this presents us with an opportunity. We don't automatically trigger the same hormonal competitive threat to male dominance. And that allows us to fly under the radar. So unburdened by testosterone-induced behavior, we're free to use our emotional intelligence, which allows us to read the perceptual screens of the men in the room, gauge the situation strategically, choose a nuanced course of action, and take control. So it's pretty clever. I mean, it's basically since we're, since the men are, the alpha male is afraid that another male will take his place. He's so consumed, they're all consumed with that concern. And meanwhile, they don't think that women are going to, you know, are going to be, they're not even thinking about the women. We sort of don't count, but we can go in, figure out what's going on and take over while they're so busy with each other and the testosterone. So when you say femininity, the way that translates in my mind is, is really women using their ability to apply their feminine qualities, such as, you know, empathy and thoughtfulness and emotional intelligence, right? And some of the things you've talked about and utilizing those in, in those situations. That's great. Exactly. So. It sure isn't wearing something sexy and, and sauntering up and saying, hey, baby. It's, it's totally based on the ability to use your emotional intelligence and all of your feminine skills and competencies in order to get ahead and not have to play, not have to play the testosterone game. So it's pretty cool. So, you know, that's, that's basically my message and then my final message but we haven't even gotten there yet although we probably talked the whole time is that i don't know do you want me to go there or i mean so so that i think that women women who are still struggling to earn the same level of pay receive equal access to opportunity and promotion 
and do the work they were hired to do without harassment or discrimination based on gender bias now are going to be faced. Now women have potent power. And actually, because the modern world has changed things, they actually have a, a unique feminine advantage in the business world with this emo- emotional intelligence. And if we can just learn how to wield it correctly, it can benefit us in any place, whether you're just starting your career or on your way up the ladder or stuck, wherever, whatever you're doing. So the three dragon slayers, we've got self-confidence, we've got true grit, and we've got feminine qualities, essentially, or even feminine qualities slash advantages, I would say, right? Right. Now, exactly. your, now, your new book is, and I don't think I've even mentioned the title yet, so let me make sure I, I do that for anybody listening. It is, it's for women that want to get ahead in their careers, uh, succeed in their careers. The title is Smashing Glass and Kicking Ass, Lessons from the Meanest Woman Alive. That, that title is fantastic, by the way. You know, you wrote the book to empower women to succeed in their careers. Who should read your book and why? Well, I think, of course, well, for book sales, I think everyone should read my book. <laughs> no, I actually think that women, originally, I, I was writing it for women who were just coming out of college or grad school okay. and starting out. And it was pointed out to me, to me by my stepdaughter that it, it really takes a few years for women to be in a job before they start realizing that they're being gender stereotypes. Mm, and yeah. so uh, now I believe it's for anyone who is coming out of school or stuck in a job with no clear path to, advance, to advancement or stalled at a mid-level job or just trying to get ahead at whatever level. And in fact, on my website, we've broken it down by my followers and it, it about splits evenly between 24 to 34 and 34 to 54. <laughs> uh, maybe the last one is really much bigger, but it seems like even women in their 40s and 50s are getting something out of it. And the other thing is, and I just feel this way, is I think I have men who've read the book and they said, of course, it didn't help empower them as women to use their femininity, but they did learn things like the advice on confidence and grit. And there's a lot more in the book, tons of books. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they also learned how, how women think and, you know, where they're coming from and they can give it to their daughters and their wives and their, et cetera. Uh, absolutely. Now, you mentioned something earlier about women sabotaging themselves. And, and again, men do it too, but I think we all self-sabotage. And when we do it, it's without realizing it typically. So um, specific to women uh, that are sabotaging themselves, how can they stop? Oh, I have, I have a whole thing on that because you ha- I have steps you have to follow in order to stop self-sabotaging. And just I think everyone knows what that is, right, by yeah. this time? Absolutely. Because it's... So it's that idea that, you know, you're not good enough or you shouldn't have said, there's a constant internal voice telling you that you're a failure or, you know, you're not going to be able to do it, you know, et cetera. And so, and it really is corrosive and it's really based on having to, having always understood that you're not supposed to put yourself forward. You're, you know, the old saying, I'm not going to say it again, but you know, men, men are bossy. I mean, men can be bossy and aggressive and uh, women are considered too aggressive. 
also I have specific steps I'm I'm trying to remember where where they are set forth. <laughs> uh, I know it's funny. I do that sometimes. People, I'm being interviewed and they're asking me stuff in my book, and I'm like, I, I don't. I wrote that so long ago. I don't. I don't remember that part. You know. No, I did. I've done blogs on it, and uh, well, here's here's some of the steps, and then we'll go into others at another time. One is to be brave and take risks, and tell that inner internal voice to shut up. And in fact, it's sort of this idea that you've been telling yourself for all these years that you know, criticizing yourself, and it hasn't helped. So you have to change your thinking. So instead of saying, I'm going to look stupid, everyone will know I'm a fraud if I voice my opinion, and women do things like qualify what they're saying by saying things like, I'm not sure, but, or I'm probably wrong, but, or the worst of all, saying I'm sorry. So your the inner voice needs to tell yourself things like, and I'm not talking about affirmations. Somehow, I know affirmations are good. I'm just, I am saying, you, you tell yourself, I know what I'm talking about. I put in the work and I deserve to be here. I can do this. I'm the most qualified person for this assignment. I earned my place at the table. I can smart and I can make a contribution. So you have to become conscious of your thoughts. Stop and notice what's triggering your negative thoughts. Turn off that endless script that plays in your head when confronted by a triggering event. And then fill your mind with controlled and conscious thoughts. And then, you know, there's all sorts of other things I could go into. You know, you have to take pride in yourself. You have to step up. Opportunities are really handed, handed to you on a plate. You have to reach out and seize them. You have to learn to deal with criticism, including your own. And there's a whole bunch of studies that talk about how if men receive criticism, they'll find a way to deflect it onto some external event. You know, oh, I didn't get enough sleep or I shouldn't have gotten out drinking last night or maybe she never liked me or he never liked me. Women internalize it and take it and can't get over it. They really, they have to mm. shake off, set back and also learn what you can't control because I think women really do try to control everything. I know everyone tries to control everything, but control is a coping mechanism we all use to deal with the randomness of life. And it has its value, but you really can't control everything. So you have to keep your life in perspective. I'm, it's actually, you know, it's actually, I think it's the bottom line is it's, it's the Nike slogan. Just, <laughs> Just do it. And I know, I know that sounds so cliche, but it really is a question of action. That whole is back to action breeds confidence. Action when you're afraid, act, taking action and seeing that your worst fears are not realized emboldens you to keep trying. And so I think, you know, action and just doing it and not women or even men who, I know men do this too. Yeah. Don't turn yourself don't sit there and tell yourself and whenever you're saying i mean women do say you know we, we suffer from the imposter syndrome that we're really frauds and we're going to be found out we suffer from you know that whole issue of of seeming like we're acting too aggressively or too much like a witch this is the family show um, or too bossy and in fact <laughs> i think i i think i did a post that said if someone tells you 
your child is too bossy. Tell them they have advanced executive leadership skills. <laughs> nice. My my daughter is pretty bossy, so I'm gonna I'm I'm totally gonna tell her. Yeah, that. you know, I mean, it's like it's you know, and it works. Yeah, uh, it well, it does trick. So when you boil it all down, what is your formula for success? Okay, so my formula for success is basically a summary of the things I've said. So you can be the meanest woman alive or your variant because I said mean equals brave and courageous and strong and standing up for yourself. Mean doesn't equal mean, you know. Doesn't mean um, you're not kind. You can be kind and, and still a mean, right. you know, it a, mean, equal, a mean son of a gun, right? It doesn't mean hurting people or, sure. you know. Being assertive. Or, yeah. being, so you, yeah. could, you could be tough and succeed no matter where you're starting at in the workforce or if you're stuck somewhere on the ladder to the top, you have to understand that we do have superpowers. We have these superior emotional intelligence, which gives us a unique advantage over men to lead, to shine, and to succeed. We have to have an eyes-wide-open discussion of the need to slay the two dragons, the external dragon of, of gender bias and the internal dragon of self-criticism and self-sabotage. And then we need to wield our dragon slayers. And I talk about in the book some other ways that you can take those dragon slayers into specific situations and yield them. But it's really a question of telling women that they have the talent, the smart, and the kick-ass answer, the superpowers to change the gender rules. And to use those unique advantages as women to advance our careers and not put up with male domination any longer, period. And it takes work, but it can be done. And I think our time has come. And my view is, you know, how Oprah Winfrey says time's up on sexual harassment. Yeah. Well, I totally agree with that. But I think time's up for this whole male dominance thing. It's enough already. Yeah. Uh, and you see a lot of women, you know, you see women now, and I wish I, I, I'm saying this and then I, 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 I don't have references in my head, but, you know, there's a lot of, you know, female CEOs, leadership positions, obviously running for president and, 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 and high levels of politics. So, I mean, you do, you do see women that have, you know, obviously there's me while there's still the gender bias. I don't doubt that that you're talking about. I think that we, uh, as a society, as a culture, we, we have shifted and grown and evolved leaps and bounds. And to your point, we're still not where we need to be, and I think that um, that your your book, your work, and, and empowering women is is so key in helping that evolution to accelerate and get where we need to be faster. God, I hope so. I mean, I, I'm I'm really not sure. Every I mean, this the idea that men are in charge is a con a social societal concept that's been in place for literally hundreds of years. Yeah, and I hope that some of this uh, works. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, I'm with you. I don't even want to get into this. It's like, you know, there's, you know, that there's that 31 of the Fortune 500 CEOs are women out of 500. Mm. 7% of VC financing goes to women. I mean, it's, it's yeah. how long? And that's why, you know, when I was worried that my advice might seem old timey. It's just as relevant now, which really pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I, no, I agree. Well, I agree. well the, the book for everybody listening, again, it is Smashing Glass and Kicking Ass, Lessons from the Meanest Woman Alive. And if you are a woman and you are a career woman, you're, you know, you, you've got a career or you're an entrepreneur, this is, I think this is the book for you. Uh, where's the best place to get it, Linda? Is it Amazon.com or anywhere um, else? Yeah. Starting Monday, it's on Amazon.com and um, it's in paperback, Kindle, or Audible. Awesome. Yeah. By the time this episode airs, it'll, it'll be out and available. So, well, yeah. Linda, I, it's always, it's, it's a joy talking to you. I know this, like I said, we've, we've broken bread together and uh, it was cool to have you on, on the podcast. So thanks for the conversation today. Oh, Hal. And thank you for allowing a woman to uh, set out her uh, agenda. I really uh, appreciate it. It, it. You know, it takes a, it takes a male with, with a wide open, you know, level of interest and fairness and all that to allow a woman to do that and good on you. Uh, well, th- thank you. Yeah, my, my pleasure. And uh, no, I'm a big believer in, in the value of feminine qualities. And, you know, I really work to develop my empathy and my emotional intelligence and my thoughtfulness and, and all of those to be, you know, as well-rounded as, as possible. So, and I admire it uh, in the women in my life. Well, goal achievers, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. I don't think there's anything, anything exciting to share any announcements. Oh, we have the uh, the Miracle Morning movie coming up uh, this Saturday. We're, we're doing the premiere here in Austin or the uh, the test screening, I should say. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, I'll, of course, keep you updated when it's available. It's coming out later this year. We're debuting at uh, the Illuminate Film Festival in Sedona, Arizona on June 1st. That's the world premiere of the movie. And by the way, you can actually get tickets to that. So if you go to uh, IlluminateFilmFestival.com, you can actually grab tickets and join the festival and join the movie. Again, the book, uh, Linda's book, is Smashing Glass and Kicking Ass, Lessons from the Meanest Woman Alive by Linda Smith. Uh, I highly recommend it. And um, I love you guys and gals. I appreciate you. And I will talk to you next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 